Hey folks, welcome to the House of Krauss. I'm Richard Krauss. It's the sublime to the ridiculous week around here. This week we've got three movies to tell you about. We have four people swinging by to tell you about three different movies, and the movies are very different. A little bit later on, Olivier Assayas comes by. He's going to talk about Personal Shopper. He directed the film and directed Kristen Stewart's performance here. He'll tell you why he thinks she is the greatest actress of her generation. Then Wyatt Russell, we start to get, we start to edge towards the ridiculous here a little bit. Wyatt Russell stops by to talk about Goon, Last of the Enforcers. He talks about playing hockey for real and on the big screen. Then we fully head first dive into the ridiculous with an interview with Dax Shepard and Michael Pena, they're talking about their big screen remake of the small screen hit Chips. They play California Highway Patrol officers, but the movie's a little different than the television show ever was. Dax Shepard starts here by talking about writing with a certain actor in mind. So Dax, when you were writing this, you already knew that Michael was cast in it, so how yeah. did that change things for you? Oh, he cast me. He has, well, yeah. he's, he's the guy who actually hired me. Right. He's a director, producer, um, writer, star, like everything. Dude, everything. <laughs> Jesus, uh, and so writing for, but you were writing for Michael. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That probably changes things a bit, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's so much easier when you know exactly who's playing a role. But what's interesting is, I, I thought I knew Michael from his work because I didn't really, I didn't know him personally right. uh, much. We had had one breakfast, but mm -hmm. um, so uh, and to watch in particular, I just loved how confident and charming and kind of cocky he was in that movie and so i was kind of i was more writing in the voice of a character i'd seen him play than i was michael and then when we started rehearsing i realized like oh i thought i was writing for him i was actually writing for people he's played which is, is fascinating and then wow. he had to then find his way into that which is what kind of changes did you have to make for that um, not too many. Um, actually, we you know I love rehearsing, right. uh, and you get to to you know have more more of a more, I mean better chemistry. I think you know when you're rehearsing and you're constantly just talking and figuring out who this person is. Uh, I think the easiest to do thing to do is to pretend like you don't know the person than it is to really be friends with them. Right. Um, but you know he he rewrote the the a couple little things. He tweaked the little things and the way that I that I talk. And then um, I I usually hang out with the writer because uh, they have a certain cadence and a, a certain way of presenting ideas that I um, that I think is always fun to emulate. And when you were doing this, it was very important for you to do practical stunts. That means there's not a lot of computer generated whatever in here. So when yeah. Yeah. motorcycle wipes out, the motorcycle's actually wiping out. Yeah. Why was that important to you? Because. Um, so I'm an anthropology major, right? And, and so much of our brain has uh, developed to anticipate distance, right? Our, our depth perception right. is unparalleled. We're used to brachiating and grabbing branches. So computers, although they're amazing at mimicking images, the, the physics to me breaks down at some point. Even in the highest grade stuff, it's just like it's just flying a little bit wrong and I can feel it. And um, I just tend to emotionally unplug when I'm watching like a five or ten minute action sequence that's entirely done by a computer. And um, so, so just for me, I feel like it's, it's just a more visceral experience to watch a real human being do the real thing. And there was CGI, but only in that one stunt where we jumped 100 feet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swapped the bikes out digitally. But it's yeah. still the same object 
with the same dynamics, you know. And for you, the the one scene where with the bathtub, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a bathtub yeah. involved. That's a different kind of stunt, but that was incredibly complex, right? Yeah, I mean to shoot, yeah, it was. I'm like, but there. I don't, there was two take. I mean, it's in the trailer. Yeah. You know when I face plant into this junk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But you're but right. It's a rubber bathtub. It's it, a. Rubber, I was on an air ranch. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, I thought you carry them in, you drop them, you do it a couple yeah, of no, times. That's yeah. Yeah. But it's not that at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I gotta say, we did a bunch of different stunts in the movie, but that one probably was the one where because I just had a, the a, the very tiniest uh, rig you can have on, so it was n not blocking my skin. And then, you know, a cord up the ceiling, then a trolley, and then an air ratchet, and a guy behind a wall. And I just basically went, three, two, one, go, and just <laughs> got slammed into the wall. And uh, we did it once, and it was so funny because I landed upside down. And then oh, yeah, I, 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 I think I have one more in me. Luckily, we did one more because that's the one we ended up using in the movie. But, yeah, as, you, as you're savvy enough to, to point out, that's more technical than a lot of the, like, yeah. Car stuff we did. That's Doc Shepard and Michael Pena talking about doing the stunts for Chips, their big screen remake of the 1970s hit show. Wyatt Russell has a very famous last name. He is the son of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Interestingly enough, though, he never had a thought about following in their footsteps. He didn't want to be an actor. He wanted to be a professional hockey player, but that career was sidelined after a series of concussions. They thought he had broken his back at one point. Injuries pushed him out of the game. Since then, we've seen him in a ton of movies, often playing sports figures, including Goon, Last of the Enforcers. He plays Anders Kane, uh, Death on Two Skates, I guess is probably the easiest way to describe this guy. Here's Wyatt Russell talking all about hockey, his parents, and Goon, Last of the Enforcers. What was it like getting back on the ice? So you, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was so... Well, it was, there was a moment where, um, it was, I think it was the first thing I shot or like one of the first things I shot where every time you go into a movie, you're kind of like, okay, the first scene right. that you're going to do is always like, all right, you know, the, the, you never, the movie's never shot, done until you start shooting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you never really know how it's going to go. Right. And uh, you're always trying to like, okay, this is my character, and you're kind of thought about it for a while, and getting into character and that, that kind of stuff just before the shoot starts. And I sat down on this bus. We were supposed to be getting off of a bus after a game to meet like our family members or whatever. And I remember sitting down and being like, oh, like I don't. This is what I did. Yeah. This yeah. is not act. I don't. I mean, it's act. There's acting. I wasn't like that as a human being, but it was. <laughs> It was like, oh, this is going to be, this is, I, I'm, I've, I've done it. I've already done this. And I looked over to my left, and they started filling in the bus with players that would fill out the team. Right. And there was a guy right next to me, and I was like, Dylan? And, like, I'd played with him. He played on the team for a little while uh, in Bramp. He, I, I'd played with him a little bit. And I was like, oh, my, what, like, no way. And it became, like, after that moment, it became, like, really easy and fun to slip back into like hockey yeah. terminal hockey-ish terminal it's a world yeah and uh and then every day at lunch we would play uh like shinny right and and everybody would get out and it was like 
I, I don't think I've ever had more like fun right. because it was my love. It's my pat. It was my passion. It was yeah. my love. It's what I wanted to do with my life. So it was, it was so much fun that way. Easy to slip into. What did you learn from playing professional sports that bled over into your new job as an actor? I mean, you're from a showbiz family, so you know you, you understood what that part of it was like, but I imagine there's discipline, there's whatever else that goes along with being a professional athlete that maybe slides in a little bit. A, a lot. Because when we were, when I was playing hockey, anybody here knows that um, it's sort of different in the States when you explain it because it's not part of culture. Yeah. Um, but when you're playing junior hockey and you're 18 years old, and you want to get a scholarship, and like that's your life. Yeah. That's that's yeah. your life path. That's your life goal. That your friends do that. That's your world. Yeah. So there's no other world that's that supplements that world, right. other than like working out. Your whole life revolves around it. And so we never talked about any. It wasn't part of my life. I only saw it or experienced it through osmosis. So I think show business. Show business. Yeah, yeah. So the osmosis part of it, I think, was something that definitely just bled into yeah. leading in, into my my new world. But the but the but more so the specifics of what I learned in terms of professionalism, being on time. Yeah. Uh, that was one thing I'll never forget. I was it was playing. Uh, I was in college, and I was playing. Uh, it was my, I don't know, maybe my fifth practice or sixth practice. And I was like five minutes early. I was, I was like two minutes early. I had to run across campus. It was a video session. My class just ended, sprinted, and I got there on time. Right. And I sat down, but everybody was already there. And my coach was like, hey, Russ, what time does a five o'clock meeting start? I was like, five, five o'clock, I don't know. And he's like, five minutes early is ten minutes late. Right. And I was like, got it. Okay. And... It was like a th it was a thing. Yeah. So that type of mentality, I not everybody has to have that, or right. it's not a prerequisite. But it was something that helped me understand that this is a life. Anything you do in life, whether you're going to be, uh, you know, whatever you decide you're going to be, yeah. that that type of professionalism is the only way I think that you can expect to succeed in something, and uh, and so that number one kn knowing your lines and knowing your role right. is something in a hockey team that's really important not knowing your lines but knowing yeah, your role yeah, yeah. knowing your lines too I guess in a different <laughs> way um, but, but that way where you're like I know my role on the team and I know that, that that knowing my role and working that role is what the team needs to succeed because hockey is probably in my opinion the number one sport where the the team has to come together through the individuals knowing their role. Right. One person can't win a hockey game. It just doesn't work that way. One person can't win a chance. It, it has to be a team effort. Every great hockey team that's ever won a Stanley Cup has a great team. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't mean you have the best players. It just means you have the best, the, the camaraderie, the locker room, everything's fitting together. And that, to me, is, is something that I've, wanted to bring into my into my acting life because on set that type of uh feeling i think certainly bleeds over to on camera just the chemistry and if you're in a good movie that means you were good yeah, yeah. and and i think that the focus on how are we going to make this movie good that doesn't mean that I ha i'm going to give my i think i should have all the lines right 
It means that I think that my role has to fit into it this way. And that um, that's a big one. I mean, there's tons of, of, of similarities that um, I feel like I brought into just also understanding what competition really is. Right. When there's a winner and a loser, objectively, hockey, winner, loser. You get the W and you get the loss. That's yeah. it. And and in, in, in acting, it's subjective. So it's not that. And that was something that I... What benefited me too, in early on in the auditioning process, five or six years ago, people sometimes tend to feel like I've won or lost the part. Right. It's like no, that's not how it works. That when you win or lose a game, yeah, you win or lose a moment. You you don't win or lose the subjective conscience of who who's making the movie and what they think is good for. So that took a lot of pressure off of the, of those moments too, where I felt like I go in and you do it, and if you're the, if you're the guy, you're the guy, and if you're not, you're not, and it's a more fluid process that way, but I mean, I could go on forever. But there's a there's a lot, you know. Well, it's interesting when I was watching this. The thing that you know you take away from the movie, what I took away from it anyway, and you know, I, I mean, it's 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 rude, it's raunchy, it's got it's bloody, yeah. it's all that stuff, right? But it's about love, and it's about the love of the game, yeah. it's about that, and the and the difference between the two enforcers, like the main two guys, you and 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 Sean, is that uh, Doug loves the game. And your character only likes to win, right? And that's the difference, right, right there. I think, and that sort of speaks to, I think, totally what you were just talking about—the camaraderie. It's all got to be there, otherwise, yes. it's, it's never going to gel, right? Totally. It's it's that's a perfect. That's exactly it. I'm glad. I'm so happy you felt that way because it, it's the, there's a there's a fine line between people in any sport who love the sport for what the sport gives to them. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then there's a switch that happens sometimes when you start to feel the expectation of what other people are putting it on for, for you and not just the love of getting out there, tying up your skates and going and having fun. Right. And Doug, I think, represents from a fan perspective, and Jay got this because he loves hockey to Jay. is It's different for me and Jay because I played it. Yeah. And Jay views it as a from a fan from a fan perspective, like a mega fan, like a mega fan perspective. <laughs> that in this movie, I think benefits it because it's it's he gets what hockey gives to people, right. and that visceral outlet of like what it means. And for uh, a player, sometimes when you're in it, you don't you're not thinking of it. Right. You're just going out there and doing it. And for Anders Kane, it was much more of the perspective that. I think people have when they get jaded. They have a lot of talent. They, they've had a lot of talent since they were kids. And they've also had a lot of pressure put on them since they were kids. And, and for a lot of people, there's a breaking point. And, and the way that usually manifests itself is self-destructive behavior. Yeah. Um, even that, And they don't even know they're doing well, it. Well, and I think you see that, though, like... In all sorts of stuff, not only just in hockey, but Absolutely. in show, like in like kid Acting. actors and all, you Absolutely. know, like you see all that, right? Everything, every every profession where you where people view it as as larger than life, right? When you start to believe that it's it is larger than life, and you are larger than life, is like where I feel like the downhill skid starts to slide for yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you start to view yourself as more important. Than the world that's going on around you, and the person sitting on the train next to you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, I, you know, I won't get personal about this, but do you think you might have learned that from your your parents have been famous 
forever mm -hmm. and really famous. Yeah. And do you think you may have learned? Because I've, I've met both of them, and the, the cool thing about them is that, you know, uh, and I've spent a bit more time with your dad, but Chuck's so cool, like yeah. down to earth, and just like you would never know that he was a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we never grew up that, that yeah. way because they understood the, that perspective of going, Look, I, they they were lower middle class yeah. American families that lived in you know Maryland and Maine and Thousand Oaks. That they didn't like all of a sudden forget that. That's right. just not who they were as people. That's not who their families were. So we were never raised with the fact that like what this it this is. It's it's just entertainment. Yeah. It's fun. It's yeah. not. Sometimes certain things can culturally make a difference. Maybe. On like the smallest, tiniest, littlest, tiniest scale, yeah. but there, it's just a, it's just at the end of the day meant for you to go to the movie theaters and have a good two hours yeah. of your life, and and that's it. It's not really, it's not rocket science. <laughs> not curing cancer, yeah. but at the same time, my dad always said like the one thing that he realized, and I've felt a little bit, little bit of this with some of the stuff that I've done from people, is. What, well, what does the brain surgeon do when he's done brain surgery? He goes home and watches the TV. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a release there and there's an importance there, but it's not about me. Yeah. It's about bigger things than yourself. And, and, and they, didn't forget, they didn't forget that, and I think that they raised us with that idea. Yeah. Wyatt Russell talking about playing hockey, talking about his parents, all that stuff. Interestingly enough, he was born in California, as were the Russell Brood, but he's lived in Canada. In fact, when we did that interview, we were sitting in a very posh hotel suite about two blocks away from where he used to live when he was playing with a hockey team in Brampton, Ontario. Next up, personal shopper. Now, ghost busting is supposed to make you feel good, right? If that's true, then why does Maureen, played by Kristen Stewart in Personal Shopper, appear so miserable all the time? Perhaps it's because the spirit she is trying to bust is that of her brother Louis, a twin who died of a heart attack in a rambling old Parisian house. Olivier Assayas is the director of Personal Shopper, and he's a big fan of Kristen Stewart. I was wondering while I was watching the movie if this story would have the same resonance mm. if the if the Lewis character mm -hmm. who passed away mm -hmm was older, mm -hmm. had been sick for a long time, not a young man who just drops yeah. dead suddenly. Yes. Because I think that is uh, an almost unimaginable loss, mm. especially for a twin. Mm. Do you think that would have changed the idea of the story or no? Um, yes, I think, I think it would, would have changed it in a sense that uh, to me uh, what uh, what I mean it's, it's kind of essential that she's looking for, for her lost Half. Mm -hmm. It's 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 like it's 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 like someone who all of a sudden realized that she's not a full right. human being anymore. You know, and and so so she's trying to reconnect both with the, with her brother, but also with the missing part of herself. Right. She's 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 uh, she's she's um, she's researching herself. <laughs> yes, and 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 in very interesting ways, mm. I thought, because uh, it, it, there's an interesting dynamic I think mm. that happens with twins, mm. where uh, you are more connected to that person than maybe you realize until yeah. they go away. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah it's almost unthinkable. To, yeah, to, 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 to lose it. Yes. Yeah. Um, what is it about 
Kristen Stewart and you. Is she now your muse? Is she someone because she's remarkable in this movie? Kristen is. Uh, I think you know. It's. Uh, I, I think that. Uh, uh, Kristen is the great actress of her generation, uh, and uh, I feel very privileged to mm -hmm. have you know to have this connection with her. Really, I mean, we, and uh, um, and but you know, it's it's um, it's all about uh, time and place. Yeah. Uh, when we 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 did uh, Clouds of Sils Maria, and for some miraculous reason, we ended up doing it together. Yeah. Um, I was filming her at the moment. I mean, I think that you know, it's it's really fascinating when you work with with a young actress who realizes that this busy no limit to what she can do right you know right. and all of a sudden you know you just uh, you, you you tell her you know you can fly and she actually you know she doesn't really believe it and she, and, and 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 she does she, she, yeah. she, she does it and all of a sudden and it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 also why I've always loved to work with young actors mm. and, and, and 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 actresses because because you 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 catch them at a moment when they're transforming they they they're opening up and you know and you, and and I think it's always interesting to work with actors when you can give them something right when when you work with actors who with great actors that have done it all, it's very difficult because 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 all of a sudden you know you give them something that they've done eventually better in, yeah. in, in another movie ten years before, right. and uh, um, uh, so it's it's. Uh, it's uh, so the, it's also the reason maybe I like working with, with, with you. Here in the case of Kristen, I I, I sensed when I, I did not know it. You know, I, I, I when I was when I was working on Sils Maria, it was to me it was all about finding the right dynam dynamic between between a young American actress and Juliette Binoche, and I thought that uh, Kristen was perfect for the part. You know, I considered other actresses. You know, it's it. But when once we got shooting, I realized she was just in a class of her own. Yeah. That she was. There was much more to her than that. So, and 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 you know, and usually, I am. I work with actors once, twice, and after a while, I realize, you know, okay, so we've gone all the way. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what. With Kristen, I I think I could go. I, I, I could Another go two, on. three, yeah, four films. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's something about her in this film mm. that's so brittle, mm. so delicate, mm. and yet steely and determined yeah. when she's facing her fears, mm. and it's all on her face. It's it's a remarkable performance mm. because it looks simple. Yeah. It looks quiet. Yeah. It looks simple. Mm. It doesn't look like she's working. Yeah. You know, and it, yes, which exactly. is which no, no, is she's she's she, she's you know she's obsessed with breaking anything that would feel like routine uh, right. with, with with anything. I mean, you know, she she's those kind of actors, but so, so, you know she. She gives herself, that, that's something I gradually understood, she gives herself this rule of not to do what she would instinctively do. Right. And move on to the next step. Yeah. So, so you, you know, when there's something obvious in a scene, when, when you write a scene, even the way you imagine it, there's, there's an obvious path there. She never takes it. She, she go, and that's what I love because, you know, as a writer, I, I don't want to see what I imagined. I, wa I, I want to see an actor who takes it, appropriates it, and does something else with it. That's, that's when it becomes real and human. And uh, oh. Well, and that's what I found in this mm. movie. And, and I have to tell you, when the texts start mm. coming in, mm. there was a part of me that says, 
am I going to be watching a movie about someone texting <laughs> for the next you know hour and a half? You yeah. know? And then and then it goes on, and the, her reactions to them, mm. she's sort of seduced by mm. it, and then put off by mm. it, and mm. it, you know, there's a real dynamic mm. between her and and a telephone, and the telephone you know, yeah, yeah. and you would not have expected yeah, that. Uh, yeah. And then there's a beautiful moment, and this doesn't give anything away. There's a beautiful moment when the phone's been off for a mm. while, and it's been on airplane mode mm. at this point. Mm. She turns it back on, and all the texts start coming yeah. in. Uh, I can see you. Uh, I'm on the landing. I'm coming up. And it was like Hitchcock to me. It was like those texts coming in yeah. in that way was such a beautiful and mm. and and uh, uh, thrilling and dangerous moment. Mm. And it's a text. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, but you know, we 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 have a very strong relationship to the to 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 our to. To text messages, yeah. you know, we we, we we spend a lot of time doing that. You know, we, we have conversations. We have yeah, yeah. so it's 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 um, it's a genre in itself. Yeah. To me, the question mark was: Would, would it translate in films? I mean, yeah. you would be would be would we be attracted by this phone screen the same yeah, yeah. way we are attracted to it, hypnotized by it when in, in real life? But I, 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 yeah, I think it ended, you know I, I think it worked. But we, it, it's it's it's. Um, I think it works. I, th I think it ultimately, I'm, 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 I was, I, I understood very fast that it worked, and also I realized that it was much more complex than what I imagined. Because right. because when I was writing it, it was just like bam, 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 you know. Right. But here, it's also about the waiting, mm -hmm. about the time you take to read, the time you take Her to answer, yeah. the, the hesitations, yeah. the you know, and all of a sudden I realized it was a whole world on its own, and it it was kind of fascinating to do it. Very complicated. Yeah. Well, it, it's. Mm -hmm. It's much more complicated mm -hmm. because I think as as you know, technology is mm -hmm. more and more just. I mean, it's an everyday part of mm -hmm. our lives now. But as it becomes more and more so, mm -hmm. we're going to see it more and more in films, yeah, and we're going yeah, to see it yeah. more and more in, in worked into the to the mm -hmm. fabric of drama mm -hmm. that we see. And it's like phone conversations, yeah. you know. It's it's like phone. I was fascinated, you know, when when I was watching. Uh, I I love this. Um, French director from long ago, Sacha Guitry, who yeah. was a great playwright. Yeah. And I was fascinated in the way he was using telephone in the in the in the nineteen thirties. You know, in, in, in the nineteen thirties he was writing plays where guys were on the phone. It was extremely modern for the yeah. time. You know, it's all of a sudden you know he 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 he's, uh, he's, he was really an old school guy. Mm -hmm. But he understood the the way the phone was there, he understood it had potential. Mm -hmm. Does it matter? Mm -hmm. If we believe that there's something beyond it's, this or uh, not, it's uh, it's not about believing. It's about uh, uh, finding your own way to relate to mm -hmm. it. You know, it's 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 you, we should not be blinded by words. I mean, right. if we use the word ghost, afterlife, supernatural, like the, supernatural, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yes, of course. You know, I don't believe in the supernatural. I don't think you have their actual ghosts or whatever. But I do think there's more to it than the material world. I, th I think there's more to it, and I'm interested to exactly understand what's going on, but science <laughs> proves it, you know, yeah. there's so much that we don't see because it's too small or too big or whatever, yeah. you know. It's, it's, we have our own relationship with, with, with some invisible world. It's, 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 it's part, it's, 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 it's so, but we, 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 uh, we have, each of us has his own version of it, mm -hmm. you know. It's, it's, you, 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 you end up living with the departed, you know, you, with the, well, I, well, I think that you certainly end up because I don't really believe in God. Mm. I don't believe in mm -hmm. 
Uh, but you do end up living with part of someone who's gone. If you have yes. a parent that yes. dies, if yes. you have a sibling, you know, they, they are part of you yes, or of in your, at least in your head, and they are part of who you are and they are with you. Same with your imagination. Same yeah. you, 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 each of us has an inner world that's much more complex than the material world. Exactly. You know, and, 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 and it's much more fascinating in terms of cinema. So, you know, it's really about, I don't think it's bizarre to try to connect with that. No. Um, this movie played at the Cannes Film Festival. Mm. And you're French, so I will ask you this: mm. the habit of booing mm. movies at the Cannes Film Festival, I think, is out. I think it's outdated. I think yeah. it's absurd. I've yeah, yeah. been there when people do it. They 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 boo, and then the seats snap shut, <laughs> and so you hear the booing. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can't imagine what it's like to be a filmmaker hearing that. Um, this happened a little bit for this movie. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the reviews have been rapturous, mm -hmm. so I think it's okay to yeah, bring yeah, this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but how does it make you feel? And do you wish that they would just like say, you know what, enough of this? Um, honestly, I um, I mean, you know, you 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 don't make movies to be divisive. Right. You make movies because you you want them to you you know you you try to be as honest and genuine as you can and you and, play, and, 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 and you know and you know also when I make a movie like uh, uh, this movie like basically any movie I've made I take chances I take risks I do I, I don't go the safe path you know right. yeah. so I kind of know that anything can happen you know <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's it's not like it's not like I'm not prepared but it's uh, um, but um, to be honest I don't. Um, Overreact to that stuff. Yeah. You know, I've been to Cannes like a million times. Yeah. I, know, I, I I've, I've been a, I've been a journalist myself. Uh, it's a, you know, it's it's a, whatever happens in Cannes is it's very hysteric. Yeah, it's very hysteric, and 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 once the the dust settles, yeah. <laughs> uh, once the dust settles, uh, movies are assessed for what they are. Yeah. And, and 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 also to be honest, I'm just happier to have a movie that has any kind of just strong reaction, yeah. whatever it is, than something that just goes away. You know, you, because you, you when you, when you you have some kind of divisive reaction, you know that you've hit a nerve. Yeah. You, you, you know that you've done something that is going to generate discussion, debate, people are going to, you know, just uh, they like it or they don't like it, but it kind of raises questions. Yeah. So well, that's, uh, in, in, a, in a way, uh, you know, the, 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 the one thing is that you don't know which film is going to be yeah. consensual and which, which film could be divisive. You don't, you know, uh, I mean, uh, could have happened with Sils Maria. Mm -hmm. no, did not happen with Sils yeah. Maria. It's the, quite the opposite. People, yeah. you know, were just uh, perceived it as a just more, more gentle film, right. uh, whereas Personal Shopper is seen as more radical or, 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 or whatever. But I, I don't. I, to, to, to me, they're all. It's it's like one movie. It's not. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's, there's no difference, really. <laughs> well, it's like uh, Frank Zappa used to say. It doesn't matter what reaction you get, as long as you get a reaction. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for for this film, I think it's made a lot of people think about, you know, what goes on around them, and one of the ways that that Lewis. Mm. Sort of manifest himself mm. is by the, mm -hmm. the ghostly yeah. figure, mm. and um, you know, I, I when I was writing about this movie, I, I wrote that mm. the 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 ghostly figure isn't the scary stuff mm. that happens here. The atmosphere yeah. around yes. that yes. is yes, the course, scary stuff. The, the the manifestation of the spirit is it's, it's, is it's, what it is. It's yeah. what it is. I, I you know, I, just at some point, I felt that I uh, should not scare away from it. You right. know, it's, it, it was not it was not obvious from the start that I was going to represent the girl, but at yeah. some point I thought, 
I kind of owe it to the audience in a yeah. way or another. You yeah. know, it's it's. Uh, um, but uh, but of course, you know, I know. Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 something that uh, um, struck me with um, with like early John Carpenter movies, right. when you don't see a thing. Right. It's extremely scary. Yeah. And when he started making a, a movie which I love, which is The Thing, mm -hmm. all of a sudden he visualized yeah. what, what was hidden in the other movie and it was not that scary. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was weird. You know? well, yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it's strange, but it's uh -huh. not scary. Yeah. 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 And so that's how I felt about this. But I also thought while mm. I was watching it that you know, this has to be set in Europe mm. or, or it has to be mm. set in Paris. It has mm. to be set in London or mm. Prague or something. Buildings that are old that yeah. contain you yes, know yes, a, yes, a, yes. a history that house might be three hundred years old yeah. and and you know there's other people have died there and there's yeah yeah there's this this history this yeah. history this past yeah and it, it means something mm -hmm. I think it deepens the story mm -hmm. uh, of of that because it, it it just lends an atmosphere that you might not get if you were in New York or of the New World Canada you know something like that we're only a hundred and a bit mm -hmm. years old yeah and it's you know and, and this movie is so much about space I, I mean I. I, I, I realized that when I was shooting, I mean, like the, like the, the, the haunted house mm -hmm. is. Uh, um, we we, f we actually found it in the suburbs of Prague, in right. Czech, in the Czech, oh. in the Czech, yeah. Czech Republic, and um, once when when I visited it. I mean, it's not what I had in mind when I was writing, yeah. but all of a sudden I said, this is better. Yeah, yeah. This brings something, I mean, because this house has such an interesting space, the cir circulation, it's not, it's not, not at all conventional yeah. in terms of, you know, the logic of the rooms, etc. Right. And, and I thought it just, it had a, a, a life of its own. Well, and when she's whispering the name, mm -hmm. it's, it just, it feels like she's whispering into mm -hmm. his void, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that, that I thought was really powerful. That was Olivier Assayas talking about Personal Shopper, one of the most interesting horror movies to come along in a very long time. It's been a pretty good year for horror movies. We had Split, we had Get Out, now we have Personal Shopper, three very different kinds of movies, but three movies that kind of push the horror genre in a slightly different direction, and I like all of them very much. That's it. That's all, though, for this week. Thanks so much for coming by. You're always welcome at the House of Krauss, particularly around the beginning of the week. We put up a new show every single Monday. You never know who's going to stop by for a visit, so please come back and see us often. Feel free to knock on the door if we're home. You're more than welcome to come on in. And you never know who's already going to be here. It might be one of your favorite people. Check back with us often.